You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 134. Let's get to the show. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery 134. 34 is one of my favorite numbers because of an athlete by the name of Walter Payton, nicknamed Sweetness, who played running back for the Chicago Bears back in the 1980s. So I love the number 34 and just thought, how super cool is this for episode 134? I decided to let's go back and let's let's talk about some of the topics that we covered in extensive detail, but that my brain's generally ruminating on a regular basis of how we can really begin to understand it better and really bring in these characteristics into our life. Growth mindset, understanding the energy that we use in our lives, whether it be toward or away, and really diving into what is gratitude. In National Recovery Month, we find that it's very inclusive, that recovery is for everyone, and we're all recovering from something, right? Even if it's not a substance abuse, there was negative thought patterns, behavioral patterns implanted and imprinted into us by our family, by our culture, by by society, right? There's ways that we look at ourselves in the mirror that aren't beneficial to us, that we would prefer to be different, but we've been so locked into a certain way of thinking for so long, we just think it's how we're always going to be because it's how we've always been. And we know this not to be true because we've seen areas in our lives as children where we thought one thing of ourselves and then immediately thought something different. As simple as this is going to sound, think back to when you were seven years old. One day you were seven years old. Then your birthday happened and now you were eight years old. You no longer thought you were seven anymore. You knew without a doubt you were eight. And the only thing that shifted was one day. One spinning of the planet. That was it. That's all that changed. Yet you went from knowing without a doubt you were seven to knowing without a doubt you were eight. There's innumerable amount of things that's going on in your life that you think are unchangeable. And if you choose to continue to think that way, I want to make sure you hear it from someone who cares about your growth and development. That if you choose to continue to think one way, when you know there are other ways to think, to feel, to behave, then you're choosing the easy way out. You're choosing to let a sentence like, well, this is just how I've always been, or this is what somebody told me I was. You're choosing to let that have power over you. No one has power over you until you let them have power over you. Somebody can say the meanest thing to you, and then you decide in that moment, you choose whether to actually believe what they've just said, to feel what they've just said, or to negate what they've just said. If you are the best gymnast in your city, and I come to your town and tell you that you you suck, you're easily going to be able to choose not to believe that because you do jumps and bouncies and spinnies and nobody else in your town can do it. Who am I to tell you that you suck at something you know you're awesome at? But the moment you doubt your own abilities and then somebody else doubts those abilities, it begins this spiral in your head. 
If somebody says, that person can't get sober, that person cannot achieve what they desire in their lives, and they're looking at you. And yes, you may have ebbed and flowed in and out of rehab centers. You may have ebbed and flowed in and out of addiction, and you you might be able to get a month here or there or two months here or there, or you might use every single day for 17 years. It doesn't mean that you are locked into that behavior for the rest of your life. I didn't get sober overnight. I finally woke up one morning after, you know, passing out in my own, you know, filth tub and looking at myself in the mirror and saying, okay, this is done. I don't want to die, but I don't want to die, but I want to live differently. Let's figure that out now. But up until I hit 40, it was an ebb and flow back and forth of, I'll go a month without using. Oh, good. Look, I can manage this monster. Okay, I'll bring in a beer. I'll bring in a straw. I'll bring in one more, you know, hit off the pipe. I'm sure I can figure this out. And then a month, two, three later, I'm right back to the same old Jesse, the same old behaviors. Eventually, it came down to the only thing I hadn't really tried to change was just completely walking away from all substances that brought a sense of intoxication to me. So what, are, what is something in your life that is imp- that's impeding your ability to be the best version of yourself? Is it your inability to communicate with those that love you the most? I see this a lot. I've actually got a client right now. He's from the United States. His wife is from South America. They were raised differently as far as what family values are, as far as like who, right? His wife very much listens to the family and and will bring in all of their perspectives into their marriage, whereas no one else is in their marriage. What's worked for those other people in their marriage, that's what's working for them. And in many cases, the way he describes it, it's not working that well for them. Being being in a in a, in a family unit, uh, now I don't know much about South American families other than what I've you know read and been told through various clients and stuff like that. But the men don't necessarily tend to be extremely open, right? So whenever his wife goes down and starts talking to the females in the family about what kind of communication, you know, he can she can expect to have with this American man, they're raised differently. We have been pushing for a more open communication with our loved ones and our partners in this country for quite some time now. And it's finally starting to take hold. We're starting to realize that shoving our emotions down into our belly, expecting them to just go away, is not healthy. This is where diseases come from. This is where pain inside of the body exists. When you push something down far enough, it will eventually want to come out a different way. And that could be a myriad of cancers. It could be so many different ways. You, I know someone who, do, who works with energy who says that the reason I have poor knees is my inability to uh, communicate effectively with my mother whenever I was a teenager and how I still have pent up uh, emotional aggression towards her and the way that she treated the family when she divorced my stepdad. That's some pretty deep stuff, right? I'm still working on this understanding of energy, but I absolutely believe that if she believes it, then there's, then if she believes it, then there's a belief in it by other people. And it's something worth pursuing. It's something worth experimenting with. And as somebody who absolutely works with a growth mindset, I say, okay, let's talk about energy. What energy am I holding inside that if I could finally just release would allow my life to flow in a much more evenly adjusted pattern, if you will. 
How is my client who wants to talk with his wife about issues of finances or love or sex or the child or where the relationship's going, how is he going to be able to communicate with her if she goes off and talks with her family and is told, no, this this is how this family communicates? So she brings that back to him and it's not serving their relationship. It's not serving their highest good. Who cares how your family raised you to communicate? If you're with someone who's sitting there in tears, begging you to communicate with them in a more open, loving manner, and you want to sit there and plant your flag into the hill of, that's not how I was raised, then you're isolating them. You're leaving them out on their own island. And who on earth would want to leave somebody they love out on their own island? It's like you, you are literally the rescue boat. You're just circling around this island as they sit there isolated, and all they're, all they're seeking is communication, an openness of feelings. And I'm not saying that this is going to be easy. For those of us who've locked emotions in and buried them under years and years and years of just pain and sorrow or regret or whatever, we may not even have thought about what we were doing to ourselves as we were burying these emotions. It's not easy to just flip a switch and boom, everything's open. And when it does open, it could feel a little bit like Pandora's box. Like all of a sudden, you've had 17,000 emotions locked up inside of you and you open up, you open up the box and next thing you know, you've got anger and resentment and sadness and tears and depression and, and, and loss of faith in yourself or loss of faith in society or your God. I mean, good, who knows how many emotions you've been locking away. But they can't be healed through. They can't be utilized to create our best version of ourselves until we open up that box. And we don't have to decide that it's Pandora's box. We could decide that it's a a, a treasure chest from Pirates of the Caribbean filled, filled with gold bullion, gold booty. And it's like, wow, we open it up and look at all these amazing treasures sitting out in front of us. And it's all of our emotions, the positive, the negative, the desirable, the undesirable. It's all there. It's all there in its gloriousness. And let's take out each one and let's figure out where it goes. Let's organize it. Let's talk through it. Let's grow through this. When we talk about utilizing our energy inside, and this is super funny because I I, I made a comment to someone the other day um, who was having issues making cakes and the cakes weren't coming out the way that they had hoped that they would come out. And I just remember saying to her, I was like, well, did you say nice things to the butter and to the cream cheese and to the sugar as you were pouring it in? Maybe if you just said some nice things to the ingredients, they would have cooperated. (laughs) And I get that that sounds ridiculous, but there was a study done in Harvard that showed that if you said nice things to one glass of water, mean things to another glass of water, and you completely ignored another glass of water, when you took those three separate glasses of water and you made rice with each one of those glasses and then you put the bowl of rice that you made into a cupboard and closed the in, you know what you know a cabinet in your kitchen closed it off and walked away from it the bowl of rice that was spoken nice to it mold, it, it took the longest time to mold until it, until mold set in the the bowl that was spoken harshly to it molded faster than the than the bowl of rice that was spoken nicely to. And again, they were just they were just yelling or saying nice things to the water, not even to the rice, just to the water, one of the ingredients to make the rice. Right? Obviously the most important, you know, rice by itself is just dry and hard on your teeth. Add some water, it's delicious and soft. 
right? The, the glass of water that was completely ignored, it molded first when turned into rice. Now, is that absolute positive proof that energy exists and that it's constantly directing our lives? I get it is one study. Let's not get overboard and say, well, that's it. That is proof that there is amazing energy, just like that movie, uh, which is the one with all the blue, uh, Avatar, right? And everything's connected. And I believe everything's connected. And you may not. You may not think that anything is connected, that everything just lives in its own little space. But I believe that everything is connected. And so when we start to talk about the energy that we're utilizing in our lives, whether it's our sobriety recovery mission, whether it's healing our marriage, whether it's raising our children, whether it's being a better employee at work, whether it's you know communicating with an ex, whether it's uh, loving our parents, whatever it might be, what is the energy you're taking into that? I've talked about toward and away energy a lot on this show, and I've definitely planted my flag in this idea that we want to be using toward energy more. But most humans are set up to do an away energy paradigm. It, it's, it's the way we were, we started off as cavemen. And now, for those of you who don't listen to the show all the time, a quick review of toward and away energy. When you want to move away from a version of yourself, that's using away energy. I want to get sober so I don't feel like a piece of crap loser who my family hates anymore. That's away energy. I want to get sober so I can be the best version of myself and I can be present around my family members and show them love. That's a toward energy. I go to work not to be poor. That's an away energy. I go to work to be financially secure. That's a toward energy. I love my children so they don't hate me one day and put me in a crappy nursing home. That's away energy. I love my children because I want them to be well balanced and a better version of themselves than I am. Right, no, that's a little bit too away. Let's go. Let's make it easier. I raise awesome children because I want them to have a splendid life. That's a toward energy. I communicate with my spouse so they don't hate me. Away energy. I communicate with my spouse so we feel love when we're around each other. That's a toward energy. So there's your review of toward and away. Now ask yourself, what energy are you using in your most serious and close relationships? I don't want to say something because I don't want to get into an argument or I'm willing to talk about hard subjects knowing that when we come out on the other side of it, we're going to be closer. We're going to feel more bonded. If you get on the other side of those conversations and you're not feeling more bonded and you're not feeling closer, then you have to begin to have that conversation with the other person about why. Are you just debating and arguing the whole time, and in the end, neither one of you feels like you've come to a conclusion? What is the conclusion you're seeking? Openly say to the other person, this is the conclusion I want. This is the conclusion I want. Excellent. Now we have a well-formed outcome for where we want this conversation to go. Yes, in all relationships, at some point, we have to ask ourselves, is this relationship still serving my highest good? Your own mental health, your own physical health has to take precedent over anybody else's. You put the oxygen mask on yourself first because you can't help anyone else if you're struggling, if you're suffering, if you're feeling less than. You want to be the strongest version of yourself. You want your cup to be as full as possible so that you can go off and you can help others. It does me no good to not take care of myself and then spend all of my energy helping my clients, helping my podcast listeners, helping the readers of my books or the people at my events. It does me no good to expend all of my energy out for them and then leave none for myself. 
because there's only so long that that's going to be possible. There's only so long I'm going to be capable of that before I suffer. And the suffering, the consequences could mean a relapse. It could just mean sitting on the couch feeling lethargic. It could just mean being tired all the time. It could just mean feeling foggy. It could mean a a myriad of things to anybody. We all have our own version of what a less than version of ourselves appears like to the world, to ourselves in the mirror. But what I do know is that when we continue to lock away our feelings, when we continue to hide from the conversation that we we may not even necessarily want to have, but if we're constantly ruminating in our head about what that conversation could be like, then it's time to have that conversation. I know, I know for some of you who know me extremely well, especially those in the tribe, you're probably being like, dude, I hope you're drinking your own Kool-Aid on this one because it's about that time. And, and I get it. I get it. As part of the human experience, we all have our own ebbs and flows in life. We all have our own way of seeking our highest, truest, empowered self. Some of these conversations are going to be extremely difficult. Massive change is going to happen in your life when you finally step into the conversation that you have been living out in your head for so long that you actually might think it's going to play out that way when you really have it in the real world and not just in your head. But in your head, that's not where real life happens. It's where you create your real life, right? We take in the world through our five senses, touch, taste, sight, sound, smell. We run it through a myriad of filters and processes like delete, distort, generalize, uh, memories, experiences, time, environment, mood, energy, attitude. We run everything we experience through these processes and filters, and then it creates the reality we think we're living in within our own head. It creates these little mental pictures, these little movies, these little sights and sounds and feelings that we attach to these moments that we've experienced. This is what we think of as reality. But no two people ever create the same reality from the same event. It's impossible. It can't happen. Even if we both walk away from a conversation or a concert saying that was the most amazing concert ever, the pictures we have in our head for why we think it's the most amazing concert ever, from what we actually experienced I went to Green Day and Weezer recently with my girlfriend. I guarantee you, we have different pictures of Green Day, Weezer, and Fall Out Boy being on stage. We have different moments where it was like, oh my God, this is an amazing concert. We're not going to have the same picture. It's not even going to be the same colors. It's not going to be the same sounds, the same feelings. It can't be. And that's awesome. And that's beautiful. That all humans experience the world differently is what makes us so amazingly unique. I've said this before, nobody is special. We're not special, but we are unique. When you try to put yourself on this throne, on this pedestal of I'm special, then you're saying that everybody else isn't special. Because if you're special, how can there be more than one special? I know this is a whole debatable conversation, so I'm not going to go down this this rabbit hole. This is going to be a whole episode. I don't seek to be special. I I know I'm not special. I'm not the only person who can get on a microphone and say cool stuff and get people to come listen every week. I'm, it, shit, Joe Rogan's crushing it doing that. If I had a, if I, if I put myself next to Joe Rogan and said, if I'm not doing it as good as Joe Rogan, I'm just going to quit, then I would never have gotten past episode 14. But I am unique in the way I say things. I am unique in the way that I bring them to the, the world. 
I'm unique in the way I experience my integrity, my humility, my gratitude. And my integrity has taken massive hits, massive hits over the last couple of years. I've had to look back and been like, am I being my highest, truest self? Am I following the path that my soul desires? How can I make amends for doing wrong to others? How can I make amends for doing wrong to me? Gratitude in life is being grateful for what you have. Like I'm, I'm grateful that soda water exists. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful that I have the acumen to read information and then bring it to other people in a way that they find enjoyable and they want to continue to come back and learn more. Grateful, is it's, it's like an energy you have towards the things you have in your life. It's not the same as thankful. Thankful is, I'm, I'm thankful that my girlfriend you know, bought me soda water when she was at Walmart. Thankful that my boss gave me a raise. Thankful that my some of my listeners love this stuff so much that they want to come join the tribe and they want to get coached by me and they, they want to learn their own ways of, of seeing the world in the way I do. I'm thankful that those people have reached out to me. I'm, I'm grateful that this world exists in a way that I'm able to do this. So grateful is like, it's like super chunked up bird's eye view. I'm grateful that podcasts were invented so that I could use this forum to help other people in their sobriety recovery mission. I'm thankful to you specifically for tuning in every single week to hear what I have to say. Because without you, I'm just shouting into the wind. And I will shout into the wind because if just one person hears this message and chooses to think differently about themselves today, steps into that difficult conversation, makes the tough choice in life to walk away from alcohol, cocaine, opiates, whatever it might be. If one person hears something and it finally clicks, then mission freaking accomplished. Life isn't perfect. It was never meant to be perfect. We want to progress. If there's going to be perfection in anything, it better be in the stability of the structural support system in a skyscraper. There better, I mean, we're talking, you better be freaking within like a millimeter of perfection on that. If not, skyscraper comes tumbling down, right? You know, look at the people who built that condo in Miami, right? They should have been a little bit more perfect with their with their uh, measurements and with their blueprints because they ruined hundreds and hundreds of lives because of their inability to build a structure that was sound and support. And I get that Miami's going underwater, so goodness gracious, I don't even know what was happening to the foundation. And I'm not going to get lost in that one, so let's just walk away from that sidebar. The point being is that there are certain areas in this world where, yeah, we're we want some damn near perfection out of the pilot when it comes to landing and taking off, right? Like, I really hope you get this as close to perfect as possible, but I guarantee you, even in landing an airplane, there are still a couple of degrees where they, they don't necessarily have to be at exactly 417 miles an hour when the wheels touch the ground. They don't exactly have to be at this angle. There's a window, right? And they can progress each time they land and getting closer and closer and minimizing the, the differences in that window, but they don't necessarily have to be perfect. It's, you know, this isn't Luke Skywalker firing that little red beam of light into the Death Star. It was like three meters, right? And he was going like a thousand miles an hour. Pretty, I mean, it's a movie, I get it, but still, had to be damn near perfect in order to get that. 
In our own lives, we seek progress. We seek to realize that any way we have been thinking for years can absolutely positively, positively, we'll leave that word alone, absolutely positively be shifted. If something isn't serving your highest, greatest, empowered, good sense of self, then let's begin to move you toward that. If there are people in your life that want to communicate, that want to connect, that want to understand you at a deeper, loving level, and you've chosen to have this person in your life, then it's time you step into that space where you have the conversations that you have been needing to have, or you have the conversations with them that they want to have. That you understand that sometimes when you love somebody the most, and you care so much about them, well, yes, we're taking care of ourselves, it gets to a point where taking care of ourselves could become selfish because we've been doing it for so long that we've started to ignore what that other person actually needs, what that other person desires. No relationship is set in stone. All relationships can shift and change. And there is a reason why, you know, what's the saying that people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime? People can leave your life. You can leave people's lives. You can leave substances behind. It came into your life. It can just as easily leave your life. You just need to make the decision to actually make a decision. What is it you desire? Do you desire to feel better around people? Do you desire to look at yourself differently in the mirror? Do you desire to be a part of a community that supports you? Do you desire to be the centerpiece of that community that supports you? Do you desire to start using toward energy to achieve what you want rather than pushing away the things that you don't want? In this national month of of sobriety and recovery, right, where we really step into the place that recovery is for everybody, we all have something that we're recovering from. Ill communication as a child that we're still utilizing in our adult life, even though, we, even though we know there are better ways. Ways of raising our children that seem to mirror what our parents did, and we look back and we're not thrilled with how our parents raised us. So why on earth are we raising our kids the same way? But then we go so extreme on the other side that we go from being raising latchkey kids to being helicopter parents. That's what's happening. If anyone's like, wow, why are there so many helicopter parents? Because in the 80s, they came up with the term latchkey kid because kids would come home and both parents were working and there was no one there. And so you've got all these parents who look back and feel like, man, I, that sucked. My, my parents were barely involved in my childhood. They were so busy working. So now all of those kids from the 80s who were latchkey are now helicopter parents in the 2010s, 2020s. We auto-corrected too far the other way. Let's look for this homeostasis. Let's look for this balance. And when you get sober, sober and you move into addiction recovery, and again, this isn't just alcohol and drugs. This could be sobering up from miscommunication. This could be sobering up from negative thought patterns. This could be sobering up from treating somebody else less than they desire to be treated. All of these things are possibilities of sobriety. When we sober up and we start to realize there's a different way of behaving, are we seeking this homeostasis, this balance? We're neither too far left or we're too far right. That's where we want to find ourselves. And I'm going to close up on this. 
in your life, you have behaved a certain way. In the behaving of this, other people around you have learned how to balance your behavior with their behavior and everybody else's behavior in your immediate vicinity. So let's take your home. If you have a wife and you have kids or a husband or a spouse, whatever that may look like in your home, there's this homeostasis. There's a balance. You walk in the door and everyone's like, okay, well, this is what I genuinely have, have generally expected from this person when they're in the home. So I know this is the way I can behave. And this is the way my brother and my sister and mom and dad and everybody, this is how everybody's going to behave so that we have a nice, happy, copacetic family. And when somebody goes to shift within that home, within within this dynamic of friendships or, or co-workers, when someone goes to shift, how people have learned to balance themselves around the person going through massive change, that needs to shift as well. That's going to shift. If you were a drunk all the time and you came home and you were slurring your speech and you were angry or what you were you were not present and you were just overall just ignoring the family and then all of a sudden you get sober and you want to be a part of people's lives, you want to be happy and active and sit down at the dinner table and talk, these people aren't used to that version of you. They created a, their own version of homeostasis, their own balance in the home so that they could deal with you. And now there's a new version of you to deal with. So give them some time to realize that they are going to want to change the way they balance around you as well. And maybe you're on the other side of it and you're watching somebody go through massive change. Perhaps they've gotten sick and they've come out of an illness, which a lot of people would say is what addiction is. Or perhaps it's a, you know, a medical illness like a, a cancer, an aneurysm, a stroke, a Crohn's disease. It could be a myriad of things. And this person comes out of that and now they're a different version. They might want things from you that you never even imagined they even cared about. And it's going to take some time to get balanced. It's going to take some time for you to learn how to be that that variation of homeostasis around each other again. But that doesn't mean that you just don't try. It doesn't mean that you just throw your hands up and say, this is too complicated. I like the way that things were. That's how things were. And they're never going to be back that way again. No matter how things were four or five years ago, they don't get to go back to being that way. Too much has changed. Every single day is a different day. Even if it looks pretty much the same, it's still a different day. When I think back to my hotel job, when I had a couple regulars five years ago coming in and I'd show up to work hungover and we'd talk football and they'd sit at the bar and we'd laugh. I haven't seen one of these regulars in over two years because of the pandemic. Another one's been living in France for months. I was texting the other day and I was like, man, I don't think we realized how special that time was back then, how much to enjoy it because now we don't see each other anymore. And they were like, yeah, you know, that was the bygone era. All eras are bygone. Once that moment's done, it's done. We don't get to relive it. We get to have other moments that might look and feel and sound similar, but they're not that moment. And that's awesome that everything is consistently and constantly shifting and changing because we want that variety. We want to push ourselves. We want to think outside the box. The mundane, the redundant, the boring, the, the, we, when we place labels on things that are happening in our lives, it may not necessarily be the healthiest label, but it's a label nonetheless that we've placed there for a specific reason. And when we find our lives redundant and mundane, it just becomes the same old thing over and over and over again. 
there is going to be an energy inside of you that no matter how hard you push it down, it will still exist. There will be a part of you who knows that this doesn't feel great. And it's up to you to open up that treasure chest and see it as the amazing gold bullion it is and not think of it as Pandora's box. No matter how long you keep that box locked, it still exists. And there's no time like the present to step into the most empowered version of you that leaves behind the way you always did things and steps into a more empowered way of doing things now that creates something inside of you that you may have not even realized could exist. But I can assure you, you'll be thrilled and pleasantly surprised when you begin to experience this new version of you. A growth mindset says you can get better at anything if you pay attention to it. If you set your intention and you pay it attention, it will grow. So why don't you find an area of your life right now that's been desperately wanting your attention and set your intention upon it. There is no time like the present, especially in the month of recovery, to step, in your, to step into your highest sense of self. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. If you would love to know more about how to be coached by me or how to join my Wise Mind Empowerment and Leadership Tribe, please reach out at From Sobriety to Recovery at Jesse Mogul on Instagram. I've begun to start doing some TikToks once in a while. I'm getting a little bit better at that at Jesse Mogul over on the talk. And obviously, you can always email me from sobriety to recovery at gmail.com. As always, every single day is the best day of my life because I wake up sober. Shout out to sunshine and glow on. See you next week. Bye-bye.